There's a lot of fear-mongering going around, centered around this whole idea of artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT. People seem to be terrified of it or absolutely love it. So what's the basis of their fear? Is it right? So we're going to look historically. Has there been times over the last 150 years where something new entered the picture that didn't, that did in fact threaten the way things were, but actually offered and successfully introduced brand new, even better things and created more opportunities? So we're going to go over those five examples to see really is there truth to this fear-mongering with ChatGPT? This is Don't Fear Grit with Rob Taormina. Marketing strategies and advertising technologies to help you build a better business. So unless you live under a rock, everyone right now is talking about ChatGPT. We actually uh, spoke about this about two months ago, and we did a show that outlining how 2023 is going to be the year of AI, where AI is not new, uh, but all of the um, sort of like no-code AI has become so far advanced that it's really going to infiltrate every aspect of everyone's life, and it's going to be everywhere, and everyone's going to be using it, and whether that be just as a consumer or as a business owner, and uh, we're already there. I mean, we're obviously, we're in 2023. We're just within the first, really, week and a half, two weeks of, of 2023, and it's already taken over, and leading the charge is ChatGPT. It came out, um, I believe it was November 30th of 2022, so this is just several Several weeks ago and has already taken the world by storm. So many people are using it that is overwhelming their servers. So they're trying to, you know, make up um, the difference there to be able to provide that service to everyone without interruption. Microsoft is even in uh, this headlines about Microsoft investing $10 billion into chat GPT. So there's this crazy race going on. Um, but one of the discussions that's being had and this really comes from, um, you know, people not knowing, um, you know, a lot of the fear is just, you know, coming from that that place. But a lot of the conversations that are being had, and even with people that I'm talking with about this, and I'm talking with people that are sort of not in technology, but also in technology. And from both of those sort of environments, I'm, I'm sensing and I'm hearing lots of fear. People are threatened by this. People are afraid that it's going to replace their job. People are, are threatened that they think that, you know, the robots are going to be taking over the world and that Skynet has, is now, is now here and the Terminator is, is, is a movie based on actually real events. I mean, I'm talking about some really, really bizarre, bizarre things. Um, so that led me to start thinking about in those conversations, you know, historically, what have we, have we seen this before? Have we seen similar events out, play out and how did that play out? Did it play out successfully? Was it favorable or was it not favorable? And and I've landed on five, I think, really great historical examples um, that illustrate where progress does, in fact, eliminate way, the way things were, but it creates brand new opportunities for a lot more people in a lot more different sectors sectors, and where it does eliminate jobs, it creates jobs. And there's a, a balance, um, but there's also a, uh, in, in many senses, it actually creates more opportunities. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit later on, but this is going to be a great show because I think that this show, today's episode, is going to be for people, number one, you're looking for these great examples that's going to be 
something that you can reference in your own discussions because listen, let's all be honest. We're all talking about this, whether we're talking about it at in our workplace or we're talking about it within social media communities, everyone, you can't get away from it. Everyone's talking about this. So I think it's important to educate yourself both on what it is, but also I think that in those conversations to arm yourself with historical data to back up um, your claim. And so this is going to be a great episode for you because I already did the research and I'm going to give you five really great historical examples. And then I'm going to outline to you how those examples actually apply to what it is that we're talking about and are a great defense uh, for this claim that, that you know, well, rather, I'm, my claim is that it's it's not something that we should have a tremendous amount of fear over. I think progress is a really great thing, especially within this example here, right? Um, so, and then an, another reason why I, I think that it, this episode could be, you know, for someone is maybe you're on the fence. Like you've been that person, you've been hearing some rumblings, you've been participating in some conversations, um, and maybe you've used it a little bit or not really, but you've just seen some stuff. This is a this also, this is an amazing episode for you because obviously we're talking about AI. We're going to be talking a lot about chat GPT in reference to all this historical data. So I think that this is really great for you guys to start editing educating yourself. So if you're in those two camps, um, definitely stay tuned. And the third, I think, person that I think that would benefit from this uh, is the person who opposes my opinion. You know, I, I actually encourage that. I want people to challenge my opinion because I want to have that discussion. That's actually one amazing way for us all to learn more is to have these healthy conversations with people who oppose our, our opinion because it puts us in a position to have to research more and to be able to articulate it a little bit better. So I want that opposition. So I encourage you guys, if you totally oppose what I'm saying, listen up. And also, maybe you can get an education along the way. Maybe you'll be swayed. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you'll hear something and it'll arm you with something else. And that's okay too. Um, so, but I'm super, super excited about 2023 and AI and everything that it has to offer. I've been using ChatGPT a lot and almost to the point of like an obsession. I think it is so cool. And the more I use it, the more I understand it, the more I can actually envision integrations, envision business ideas, envision how I can leverage this for myself, for new projects, new ventures, and for my current clients. And I, I'm, I'm all in. I think it's, it's awesome. I think it's really, really cool. So, um, let's get right into today's uh, episode. And we are, again, I'm going to outline five historical examples where the introduction of progress did eliminate the way things were, but introduced brand new, even better opportunities for people moving forward. And uh, let me cue this up right here. Make sure everything is good. Here we go. Um, the first one, and hopefully it's there. Yep, there it is. Um, the Industrial Revolution. Now, the Industrial Re Revolution, this historical event saw the rise of machines in factories, which led to mass production. This increased efficiency and, and uh, ultimately it eliminated... In fact, many jobs that had been done by hand. That is a fact. That's the truth. And while this did result in unemployment for some, it also created new job opportunities in areas such as uh, maintenance and operation of mach machinery. And so that is a, 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 I think 
an obvious example where I think we've all learned about, you know, in, in, in school uh, about the industrial re- revolution and from the perspective of, for the most part, how great it was, how, you know, this, this incredible new technology of machinery um, made everything much more efficient. It allowed us to create um, more, better, better um, consumer products faster. You know, the population, the communities were, were growing and it also created where it eliminated the people that were doing that by hand, right? Whittling something by hand. But what it did was it eliminated that job, but it created new jobs. So the tension in that moment was the progress. The people who were doing it by hand, and I respect that, and I actually am a firm believer of continuing the trades and learning how to do things. However, if you're going to just stubbornly stick to that when the market and the community and society and culture is going in another direction, you're just going to end up being homeless. What those people, what a lot of people did who were successful is they embraced that new technology to be able to do what they were doing even better. And they were able then to what? Ready for this word? And business, business owners love this word, scale. When you are one person doing one thing, you're limited by time. You can only create a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time. The industrial revolution allowed you to scale the amount of things that you could do even faster, which ultimately meant that you were making more money, the people working for you were able to make more money because you were creating jobs, and you were able to help more people with the products and services you were offering. So progress was a really good thing. But in the moment, for the people that it was replacing their jobs, they were terrified. They did not like that. Um, the next next example, and this is something that I actually have referenced a lot, I mean a lot over the years, is the horse and buggy example. I've been referencing this now for over a decade to sort of make up the point of social media marketing. Um, but uh, the introduction of the automobile was a a big time disruptor. It was a massive disruptor. And the auto industry, what it did was it created a ton of brand new jobs for the assembly line. You know, we know that Ford, you know, was was a big uh, person in in that movement of the assembly line, uh, mechanics, uh, gas station attendants. Right? Let's be a little bit creative now about what type of jobs it was creating. It wasn't just in the um, places that they were manufacturing the vehicles, but what about all the other places around the country servicing those vehicles? All think about all the jobs that it was creating in addition to just the mechanics now. And the assembly line workers, but the gas station attendants, the people changing, doing the oil changes. I mean, it, it's, it's massive um, what it's created as, as far as opportunities. But guess what it did? Can you figure it out? Almost overnight, it put all of the horse and buggy drivers and everyone in that industry out of business. And that's the example that I've been using for such a long time. And, but I mean, think of it this way, you know, the, the day that the assembly line for automobiles started to roll out thousands upon thousands of cars, and it really just disrupted all of America. And then very, very quickly, all of a sudden you have millions of these Model T Fords making transportation so easy, so accessible to everyone. 
And right before that, think about the guy who bought a thousand horses thinking, I'm going to blaze forward with horses. He went bankrupt because he was stubborn. He wasn't forward thinking. And he was afraid of what it what the automobile assembly line was doing. He was terrified. And many people were. Those Horse and buggy drivers were terrified. Those people whose job it was to maintain the horses and take care of the horses, they were terrified. The horse breeders, they were terrified. People who were making the actual buggies themselves, they were terrified. So here's a great example where progress eliminated something, but it created something actually even better. Our next example here, and I love this particular example, Um, The rise of the internet. Now, the rise of the internet created, let's be honest, it has created tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of new jobs in fields like web design, coding, online marketing, content creation. But at the same time, it's also put like traditional print media pretty much, if not very close, out of business. It has made traditional printing pretty much an obsolete role. Think about the traditional role of of bookkeeping and secretarial work as it relates um, to the printing needs, as it relates, how about information? The creation of the internet made information accessible just like that. Libraries are not packed like they were back in the day. I remember the Dewey Decimal System. And when I wanted to be able to get information, I had to go to the library because you don't have your own library at your own house. I remember as a kid, I had to go to the library. I had to learn the Dewey Decimal System. I then had had to access that book, spend time looking through this book to even try to find now the information within the book that I needed. Photocopy it. It was crazy. That is such an antiquated system. You know, you bring up, even for me, I'm not that far removed. I'm 42 years old, right? So I'm not that far removed. But when I talk to my kids about the accessibility of information, it's like, it's it, they're so confused because even they know at their 12 years old that within seconds, they can Google anything and get that information. So the accessibility of information. But what that did was it might might have eliminated a many jobs, right? I, I don't think Gutenberg... You know, in uh, as as long ago as it was, I think it was at 1455 when he created the Gutenberg Press. I don't think he was thinking of the internet when he was creating a system at that time that would actually allow people to make books faster. Think about his time, the Gutenberg Press, which right now is an obsolete instrument, but that back then in 1455 was incredibly advanced because guess how people were able to get a book. They hired someone to manually write it. Manuscripts. That was the that was the way books were made. They were made by hand. Every letter, every word, every page was hand done. And imagine if you wanted to create many copies of the same book, you would have to wait for that person to be able to copy every single page by hand. Gutenberg was a revolutionist when it come came to that. He completely changed the game. So all of those people who were, by the way, the very first copy writers, 
right? Think about that for a second. Copywriters, people were actually by hand copying stuff. He literally overnight eliminated all of those jobs. I guarantee you those people felt threatened, felt afraid about what was coming next. But Gutenberg knew something special was about to happen. The dissemination of information was going to be very, very quick. And what did it do? It created brand new jobs. It created a world, by the way, where there are people that more people became authors because it was a very expensive thing to go about hiring someone to write a book for you or to copy a book. You need, made it accessible to the world. That means more people who had amazing thoughts, who were very smart but maybe didn't have resources at the time, now all of a sudden it became accessible and they were able to put pen to paper and then Gutenberg Press to, to print it out in masses, and it was such an amazing, amazing thing. But let's fast forward. Even the Gutenberg Press became obsolete later on with the invention of the internet, but where that now eliminated those jobs, even Gutenberg got, got became obsolete, obsolete and became eliminated, but it just created brand new jobs. It's not just the internet. Just like with automobiles, it's not just the manufacturer that created the jobs, but what about all those gas stations? Same thing with the internet. Think about all the internet marketers, the web designers, so on and so forth. It's amazing what progress does. We need to sometimes embrace the change and not be so um, afraid because we just don't know. The basis on, on just because we don't know is, is not good enough. In, in this case, do your homework, do your research, and, and embrace it and learn about it, right? The next historical fact that I want to reference here in defense of progress has to do with the movie theaters. The increasing popularity of home entertainment. We all have TVs now in our house. You go back just even 50 years ago, that is, that, that's a very rare occurrence. 75 years, forget it, 100 years non-existent, right? So the increasing popularity, uh, popularity of home entertainment with more and more people opting to stay home, to watch movies at home or to play video games at home, what did this do? This led to a decline of people going to the movie theater and going to the arcades, right? So all of that technology that was introduced to allow people to now do this at home, it sort of eliminated the need for people to have to go to the arcade or go to the movie theater. Now, where there are still movie theaters out there, and there's really only like novelty arcades, maybe one per state or whatever, most people are consuming that the, the, that form of entertainment or participating in that form of enter entertainment in the comfort of their own home. The thing is, what did it do? It eliminated that stuff, but it, it created new jobs in streaming, in online gaming, in game development. Now, remember the example I gave with Gutenberg, because he did this, it now made it accessible to people that otherwise writing authorship was not accessible to, reading was not accessible to. Guess what this does? It makes it more accessible to more people, more people, more innovation, the more can progress and the better actually it can become. And we've seen that. We've seen incredible games being created, incredible forms of content being created more more and more and more. We're, we're talking about being saturated with the amount of content now with streaming platforms like Amazon Prime and Netflix. We're overwhelmed with that stuff. And that's what that does. Progress does eliminate aspects of the way things were, but introduces new, more efficient ways 
that things can happen in in the future. And that's a really great example in the home um, uh, entertainment space. The next one here, let me just switch over my graphic. Here we go. We got a picture of Harrison, the one of the Beatles here with a, a vinyl record in his car. Um, I think this is um, a funny example. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's a funny example because I am okay, I'm 42 years old and I'm like in a an interesting group of generation where we we experienced analog and digital, right? We grew up with digital, but at the same time. Um, we also saw the transition. We, we grew up in analog, rather, but we then saw the transition into digital. So we're uh, we're one of those few. It's a very small group of generations. I think it's like four or five years of people that experience both. So I I've experienced the analog world. I remember vinyl records. I remember cassette tapes and Walkmans. Um, I remember the analog world. Um, I, I remember my first. Um, uh, like sort of cell phone experience was actually an analog phone, not a digital phone. Everyone has like this, a digital smart um, device now, right? But it wasn't like that. So, uh, but even, even the cell phone is a bad example because that came a little bit later on. But um, the, the analog world, I remember so vividly and, and our culture was fully immersed into the analog experience. It was everywhere. But the switch from analog to digital, right? In in recent years, we've seen this crazy shift. And this has really just happened in the, in the past decade or so from traditional analog products. I'm not even talking about vinyl now. I'm talking about like even things like CDs and D- DVDs to digital formats like MP3s and streaming services like, like Netflix. Now, this has put a lot of businesses that relied on the physical media, it's put a lot of them out of business. But at the same time, it's created brand new opportunities such as website de- design and app development. And, and then you can think of a, a zillion other types of jobs that, that this also has created. And But now think about this. Would anyone ever go back to analog? There's no way. There's no one that's going to be in defense of going back to analog. But in that moment when it was just transitioning, the people in the analog world resisted. They fought just like every other transitional sort of major moment in in history, like the ones that we've talked about. The horse and buggy people, they fought. The people in the Industrial Revolution, the people who are making things by hand, they fought, right? And everything along the way, they they fought what was happening, but it was inevitable because there are a lot of elements of progress that improves upon the way things were, makes it even better, but not only makes the product or service better, it actually creates brand new opportunities and in many, many respects creates more opportunities for more people. And I think this one is also a great example of that. Also the previous one, um, like the, the one about the internet, because there are so many more jobs created in this space that actually also produce a better income than the other jobs that were surfacing the previous um, sort of like industries. And that's a fact. So progress is a good thing. And when we look historically at all of these elements to see, okay, Instead of just jumping the gun and just running uh, away from what's going on um, with, with, with fear motivating us and driving this whole thing, let's wait. Let's pause for a, minute, a moment, right? Let's look back historically at moments of progress and how that 
actually had an effect on our society, on our lives. And what we find that in the sort of arena of technology progress, we're talking about the improvement of lives, the improvement of our societies, the improvement of our, of our cultures, the creation of more opportunities. And it is sad, I guess we can say, that it does eliminate certain things, but being romantic about things were only prevents you from getting to where you need to go. So we can't let romanticism over the way things were prevent us from experiencing the greatness that progress can offer. In this case, chat GPT is that such progress. And it can, in fact, do amazing things. And I guarantee you, it will create even more opportunities, even more jobs for a lot more people. And it's going to be great. Now, does it need to be managed, regulated, and monitored? A hundred percent. I'm not saying anarchy and, and let it just sort of like run without any sort of checks and balances. But when we look historically at the way things were and where they are now, we've made tremendous progress over the last 100 years. Could you imagine the next 100 years of progress? It's going to be amazing because progress is, in fact, a really, really great thing. Guys, I, I I thank you so much for sort for for tuning into this particular episode. I'm curious if I change anyone's minds. Maybe the minds of those who were resisting AI and and are naysayers on Chat GPT. I'm curious, did I change your mind at all? If not, I still actually want to hear from you. I want to have this conversation because I want to learn more about your position. And um, do you feel like you got some good education and now you're you're sort of like empowered? Um, with some 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 good knowledge here, with some good facts that you can now take into conversations as an authority and have these conversations. But I want to encourage you, if nothing else, and you've heard me say this before, really one of the primary objectives of this show is to inspire you to learn more. And if I did that, then that's a win for me. Um, so as always, guys, appreciate you. Do me a favor. Um, like, comment, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff that you know the algorithms um, uh, require in order to be able to show the show or share the show with even more and more people. Um, you know, a really uh, weird stat, but very, very cool um, for all of the people that listen to the show in Trinidad and Tobago. I I know for the people in the rest of the world, me saying that might seem odd, but we, we actually got a really strong uh, listenership um, in uh, Trinidad and Tobago, like we do many, many countries around, around the world. And But I actually just saw uh, this, that we're actually one of the top 40 um, pieces of content shows uh, in Trinidad and Tobago. And I, listen, I appreciate you guys that have, that found the show maybe are responsible for sharing it around your country. And, uh, and I really appreciate you guys. And you know what? I want to take it a step further. I would love to hear from you, um, and I want to learn about what it is that you're doing. What what area of business? What area of life are you? What do you represent? And I would love to have that conversation to learn more about about you guys. Maybe even have someone from that particular country who's listening to the show on the show one day. I think that'd be really really cool. But that's some of the things I love about this show. It has arms and legs, and it reaches an incredible uh, you know audience of people from around the world. And I've heard from some people from people from everywhere, like from Trinidad and Tobago, Philippines, 
um, Japan, UK. We got a strong audience um, in uh, in Germany. We have a strong audience in in Estonia. Um, we've got a strong audience in Canada, and of course, uh, you know, our, our biggest audience is is uh, is the United States. Um, but I really I love the fact that this show creates that opportunity to have that type of reach and that type of conversation. I think it's awesome because you guys know what I say all the time: the tide rises for all ships. And I think that is such a defining characteristic of that sort of phrase. And it's sort of proof of concept, right? The tide does rise for everyone. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to create successful opportunities that everyone has equal access to. I appreciate you guys. Remember, don't fear the process and don't fear grit. Take care, guys. 